welcome to the JL Applied Technologies Podcast, Episode 4. My name is Jeremy, and with me today is Jay. How are you today, Jay? I'm good, I can't complain. Well, I guess I could if I tried hard enough, but to be honest, I don't feel like trying. Well, same for me. I could complain. There's actually quite a few things I could complain about, but I won't, because our listeners would probably be bored. So, oh, wait, we I'll have leave those? that for... Apparently, and some pretty high-profile ones, too, from what I'm seeing. But, uh, anyway. So, today, we're going to talk about a very nasty bug that was discovered yesterday. No, it's not shell a... shock. And this bug is not something that's going to affect your immune system. At least, not your biological one. No, but it might affect your computer's immune system. And the reason for this is because what Shellshock does is allows a hacker to get into your system without any authentication of any kind being required. And this bug is network aware, so it can very easily traverse firewalls without anything being able to stop it. At the moment, aside from some patches that are available, which we'll get into later, there is no Firewall defense, except for maybe something like fail to ban, which blocks based on IPs after it monitors logs and a few other methods. But for the average user, there's really no defense against it. Yes, and this does affect you guys. It's not just something that affects servers. This affects servers, consumers, everybody that's running a Unix-based Unix -based operating system. So this affects... There was a few articles saying that this was specific to servers, but those articles are incorrect. As Jay said, it does affect consumer devices as well. But before we get into that, I want to talk about some changes that were made to the website, which, if you haven't seen them already, you really should go check them out. We now have a new donate page, which is available on any page from the website. We also have a new contact us form which allows you to do what its name implies. You do have to solve a CAPTCHA. It is a solvable CAPTCHA by those of us who are blind. It is accessible. I made absolutely sure of that. You can get an audio challenge. Also, on the donate page, there is an issue for Mac users. Once you click through the donate page after you filled it out and you get to PayPal's site, you will automatically interact with a group which, in order to see the rest of the page, we need to stop interacting with that group and then view the rest of the page. So, just to let everyone who's on a Mac know that you will have to do a little bit extra work. Windows, Linux users, you'll be fine. You can navigate through the page. IOS users should also be fine. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to say, iOS users should also be fine as well, since, of course, you don't interact with um, the iOS version of VoiceOver. Well, then, you shouldn't have a problem then on a mobile device. But anyway, let's move on to the sort of meat and potatoes of this podcast, and that is the actual bug itself. Why is this important to you, the average consumer? The reason why this is important to you is because a lot more devices than you think use the Bash shell. Anything from a Linux server to a Linux laptop, Macintosh iOS, connected cameras, use, Android as well. Android, all versions of Android. According to a cybersecurity site, 
This bug's been around for 25 years or more. Now, that's quite a long time in my opinion to have a bug that affects over 42 billion systems. Yeah, I wonder if that's one of the oldest bugs in the history of bugs. Probably. <laughs> Although when that bug was probably introduced, they weren't thinking about internet testing because the internet wasn't very prevalent back then. That's true. So, what can you do to protect yourself? If you're on a Mac, you can patch Bash by following a guide, which we will post a link to in the show notes. If you're on Linux, such as Ubuntu or Arch, your distribution is actually going to be nice enough to handle the patches for you. Just keep up with your updates. If you're on iOS or Android, sorry folks, but right now those of us who are on mobile devices are screwed until the appropriate vendors update the software. Which Unfortunately may... for those of you who are on older devices, your software may not get updated, especially on Android. So if your device is stuck on Gingerbread, well, now is probably a good time to think about returning that phone back to your carrier and getting a new one. Nexus 5, highly recommended. That wasn't a plug at all. Anyway, speaking of iOS, as far as newer devices go, such as the 5C, the 5, 4S, 5S, I know I said that out of order, but it doesn't really matter, and 6 Plus and 6, bent or unbent. I couldn't let that go, sorry. Anyway, I believe that the latest version of iOS 8 has already addressed this bug. I'm not sure, but I'm, I, I seem to remember reading something about iOS 8.0.2 addressing this. So iOS users of newer devices, again, bent or unbent, should be covered, I believe. And if not, well, just keep on installing the updates to iOS, and eventually, hopefully, Apple will fix it, if they haven't already. Yeah, hopefully Apple will eventually fix it. I really hope that Google releases a patch to 4.4.4 for Android as well, because I'd like to see that fixed. Because right now, you have an unfortunate... If you're on both platforms, gaping security hole. Just a bit. So, Google, hint, hint, fix. So, what devices are affected by this, aside from Android, iOS, Linux, and Mac? Some devices that Jay and I suspect might be affected because of the way they're built would be the Victor Reader Stream, because that runs a embedded version of Linux. The Braille Plus. Which I think the Braille Plus might be affected, is it, Jay? I believe the Braille Plus would be affected because it's based off Debian. And the Braille Plus 18 is definitely affected. Because if I remember correctly, that's running a version of Android. Gingerbread, to be exact. Unless it's been updated Ew. since. <laughs> Ew. Um, Why would anybody want to run... G- I mean, seriously. Not, not to bash what Google tried to do and gingerbread, no pun intended. But anyway, gingerbread's just horrible as far as accessibility is concerned and all the hacks you have to do to get accessibility working. I mean, I'm assuming that like APH, you know, has done their work and has made it quite nice. I am probably never going to be able to get a hold of one to see, but you know. Yeah, well, you know. I'll never be able to get a hold of one either for the simple reason that I don't have enough money and these devices tend to cost quite a bit. Yeah, so, you know, if anybody wants to donate to the podcast, you know, hint, hint, you know, kidding. Yeah, like, I don't know, 
Can I get a uh, System76 laptop? You know, just saying. No, just kidding. Anyway, as far as we know, for the devices that are affected, there are not any updates yet, but the hope is that updates for the Victorator stream and the Braille Plus would be coming soon. We originally thought that the Braille Sense might have been affected, but it turns out it's running Windows CE 6.5. Why they're still on Windows CE, I have no idea, but they are. Right, and of course the same is true for the uh, Braille Note family of products and the Book Sense. I'm not sure about the Plex Talk Pocket and the um, Bookport Plus. I don't remember what they're running, but I'm, I seem to remember the Book Sense being based off Windows as something or other as well. Did I already mention the PacMate? I think I did. No, you didn't. Okay, well, the PacMite wouldn't be affected anyway because it's running Windows Mobile as well. So, this podcast was just to make those of you who had these devices aware that, yes, indeed, you are affected. Please keep up with your firmware updates. Make sure that you are aware of your vendor's requirements for updating. Don't do what I did and accidentally turn your um, very expensive note taker into a brick by flashing it the wrong way. Yeah, kind of did that with a Braille note. Whoops. Yeah, well, I'm but, not going to tell um, on you. Or you could always blow up a book port. <laughs> that what? wasn't my fault. I never said it was, but it still happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a book port plus. Anyway, just make sure you keep up with your updates. And if any of you guys have any questions about the show shock bug... Feel free to fill out the contact form, and we'll get back to you as soon as humanly possible. Yes. As we said before, we aren't entirely sure definitively whether or not these note-takers, like the Stream and the Bookport and the Braille Plus and Braille Plus 18 and all that stuff, is affected. Uh, we're just going based off speculation, because they are running Linux-based operating systems, at least the Braille Plus and Braille Plus 18. Technically, Android is Linux-based since it's running on a Linux kernel. So, we're not entirely sure that they are affected. It's just that Bash is the most common shell for Linux, if I remember correctly, Jeremy. Yes, Bash is one of the most common shells. You have a shell called ZSH. You have another one called C shell, but most of the time, most Linux distributions are installed with Bash by default. The other shells are available, but they're just not active. So, make sure you keep up with your updates. I cannot stress this enough. Unless you want somebody to own you and all of your data, you better keep up with updates. Otherwise, to put it bluntly, you're screwed. Screw, 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 Yes, and again, as far as the Mac stuff goes, there will be a guide posted in the show notes as to how to upgrade your version of Bash. Because at the moment, Apple has not as far as I am aware, implemented a version of Bash that is not vulnerable to the Shellshock bug in the public versions of OS X. As a matter of fact, Apple, as far as I'm aware, unless something came out this morning that I missed, hasn't even made a comment yeah, on Shellshock being a problem. Yeah, they've been, they've been telling uh, media sites like CNET and stuff you know, no comment. But obviously they had to have made a comment somewhere because that bash upgrade that I installed with your help came from an Apple server. Actually, I was wrong. It came from GNU.org, but it happened to be for the Darwin kernel, so... Okay. But... Well, at least somebody's anyway, paying attention. 
We can't stress enough. Please, 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 please keep up with your updates. If any of you guys need help step by step, as Jay said, we are going to post a Mac guide in the show notes. Please contact us. One of us will get back to you. We'll be more than happy to help you. Yes. And speaking of the Mac guide. It's not really that hard to do. It's just a little time consuming. And don't do what Jay tried to do the first time. Don't paste all the lines in the guide in the terminal at once. It kind of causes unexpected results. Let's just. And I'm also going to eventually write a show script that you guys will be able to download that will do this all for you. You will need Xcode installed. You can get it from the App Store on the Mac. You need to launch Xcode and agree to the terms and conditions. You also need to click the Install Components button and put in your password to authorize it, and then you can run the show script that I'm going to build. That's probably not going to be released right when this podcast comes out, but monitor this post for more information. But for the moment, we will post the online guide, and then later on I will go back and post the show script. Is there anything we missed? Um, I think we basically covered it, but what I'm going to say about the online guide is the online guide may or may not be released as soon as the podcast is released because there's some things I'm going to add to it that are just not there that people should be aware of, like things we've talked about in the podcast, like, you know, having to have Xcode installed for this to work and having to use sudo to do the Xcode build, which we didn't discuss earlier in the podcast, but you do need to use sudo. So I will be doing some updates to that guide because right now it's just a list of terminal commands that I found from, I don't remember the website. If I did, I would give them credit because they had an interesting guide. Actually, Jeremy, you're the one that found it. Do you remember the website? I don't remember the website offhand, but I do have it in my history. So what I was actually thinking about doing is maybe linking to their guide directly. Although they don't tell you that you need a few things that, uh, you don't have by default. So what we may do is we may write our own guide and post it. I think that's actually what we should do is just write our own guide and we can give that website some credits in the history, but that's, you know, stuff we can decide off the, off the show. But the guide may or may not be released with the podcast. As Jeremy said earlier, just keep monitoring the post and we will definitely have something up for Mac users soon. I was going to say, Jeremy, I guess you'll have something up for Linux, but, you know, they're sort of smart, and they've already taken care of it. Thanks, Apple. Yeah, they've already taken care of it. All the bash bugs are being handled, at least in a bunch of Debian, by the appropriate distributions. I think Arch, Manjaro, F123, Sonar, Vinix. Vinix is just running a bunch of us at its core, basically, so I believe that those are all covered. For Linux users... Just keep up with your updates, whether you use Pac-Man, apt-git, Yoder. I think that's how you pronounce it, silly thing. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, I probably am, but anyway. Just <laughs> keep up with your updates, and end of story. If anybody needs any help updating Linux, updating uh, the Mac, if you're a ham radio operator and run either IRLP or All-Star, and you need help with those, let me know. There are ways to update those as well to make them more secure. Even though they're running a very old and not-so-nice version of CentOS, some of them. Although, if you're running the new IRLP version that's based on Debian, uh, the hope is that Dave Cameron will 
push an update to fix that issue. Because by now, he's got to know about it. Anyway, I think that's it for this podcast. Any feedback, comments, suggestions, criticisms, fill out the contact form on the website. Gosh, that's so much easier to say than giving an email address. Exactly. And, um... There was one thing that I was going to add, but I don't remember what it was, so I guess it wasn't important. (laughs) Well, if you... Uh... Get off of having your senior moment. We'll just add it to the show notes. <laughs> hey, you're older than I am. If anybody should be having senior moments around here. Hey, but I keep my mind active all the time. Not saying you don't, but anyway, we're not going to go into that because this podcast will be huge. We already have to do a lot of things as it is. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. Sorry if we repeated ourselves. We haven't done this in a while. We're a little rusty and uh, hopefully we'll have more content for you soon. We've got some interesting changes that we might have planned down the road. You know, hopefully you guys will like the changes that we plan on doing. Such as, as Jeremy hinted, a new theme song, which will be coming down the pipe soon. And uh, we may even do some of the things that we're going to probably get to later once we get all the other details ironed out that you guys as listeners probably don't care about. With that said, I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their, whenever they're listening to this podcast. (laughs) Wherever they're listening to this podcast. Cycle. There you go. Have a wonderful rest of your cycle. Catch you guys later.